The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. Today, I'm thrilled that we are beginning our annual Adventure in Faith. It's a tremendous adventure into deepening and growing, and I'm delighted that you are here with us today. It's always about quantum leaps in the areas of consciousness, commitment, and community. So I just invite you to give it your all. Open up to this. Dive in. It's an incredibly powerful thing that we'll be about. Because I love, I love our, our theme. Your essential spark. Igniting a yes-powered, soul-stirring vision. Such a powerful theme. Today I call us to remember the spark that has always been within each and every one of us. Yes, this, this is the spark of divine life energy that is in every one of us. And as I speak to this deep inner spark of being in you, do you feel it? Do you remember it? Can you see or sense its radiance? This spark of vibrant creative life in you. You see, this life spark is your original point of sacred spirit. It is the divine and precious and unique you born of the divine love of this universe, called into being by the divine love of this universe. It is the very breath and loving energy of that divine love seated in you. In fact, it is the God seed within you. That vortex and catalyst for all that is the best and most powerful in you and and, and for all of the higher expression, the ever-growing expression of your unique magnificence. Oh, I just invite you to sense that there's something deep and eternal about you. Oh, sometimes we cover it over, layer it over with all of our uh, labels and our ideas and belief systems about ourselves and the roles we play and our history, and yet we're going deeper in this adventure in faith, gang. We're going to the divine spark, and we're seeing what might happen in our lives were we to fan this into a flame. And, and allow ourselves to reunite with a vision for that which we can be about on our soul journey in this lifetime. I'm so thrilled that you're a part of it. Dr. Holmes, Ernest Holmes, our founder, said this, The spark which burns at the center of our own soul is caught from the living and eternal flame of the Spirit. Yeah, your spark is shot from that central fire of the divine life of this universe. It's the place where you merge into oneness with this divine expression. It's the place where your unique capacities to express God life are are centered and seeded. This is the spark in you. This weekend we were privileged to have with us a wonderful author, spiritual teacher, poet, Mark Nepo. His book, The Book of Awakening, is astounding, and he's been prolific with all of his books. And in one of his books, he talks about the unencumbered spot within us. But knowing Mark well, I don't think he'd mind if I substituted the word spark for spot. 
Listen to this. He writes, every person, that means you and me, every one of us, every person is born with an unencumbered spark, free of expectation and regret, free of ambition and embarrassment, free of fear and worry, an umbilical spark of grace where we were each first touched by God. To know this spark of inwardness is to know who we really are, not by surface markers of identity, not by where we work or what we wear or how we like to be addressed, but by feeling our place in relation to the infinite and by inhabiting it. Oh yeah, that's what this adventure in faith is about, is is rekindling and re-inhabiting the sacred life spark at the true center of each and every one of us and letting it light our understanding, light our consciousness, and thus then light our world and bring forth a more authentic vision for our walk on this planet, a more authentic vision for what pulls us forward, the next stages and steps in our lifetime here, all born of that all-originating sacred spark at the very center of you. Feel it. Open to it. Let it show you what's possible. And so our topic for today is so appropriate in our first step. Reunion. The spark in your heart. It truly is a reunion that we have the opportunity to experience during these weeks together. And this is important because there's a challenge in all of this. And the challenge is that so many people have lost track of this divine spark within them. And thus their lives are deeply off course from their authentic callings and their unlimited possibilities. Deeply off course. See, I believe that each and every one of us was brought into being to cooperate and to co-create with the divine. That we were brought into being to, to explore and to express the sacred code of our soul in shining our unique light upon this planet, our unique and precious light. But somewhere along the way, We forget and we sell out. We sell out. We conform. And and then we give over our lives to to lesser things, to safer things, you know, uh, to all the distractions. And heaven knows we've got so many distractions in our culture. To all of the carrots and the enticements that try to tell us what we really ought to be about. And to all of the hollow belief systems and patterns and fixations of our culture. So many of them. And we've given over our lives to that. I saw a cartoon recently that I think speaks to this. I'll put it up here on the screen. It's St. Peter uh, and a guy has come to the pearly gates. And he says to the guy, actually, you've had a pretty great life, but you were looking down at your phone and you missed it. (laughs) The distractions. Along our path. And then as we experience the hollowness and the impoverishment of a life that isn't true to the spark of us, 
Then we just start demanding of life. Then we get adamant and upset when we don't think life is giving us what we want because we're putting so many demands on life rather than going to where it can bring forth our guidance and our good. Another cartoon I find I think speaks so well. Jesus is there offering the abundance of the loaves and fishes to the people from the child. And the people are saying, well, I can't eat that. I'm a vegan. And has that fish been tested for mercury? And is that bread gluten-free? And all Jesus wants to do is feed them. All life wants to do is feed us, nurture us, empower us. We're caught up into so much other stuff. There's a sacred, powerful spark in you. And that's where you're going to know true joy. That's when you're going to sizzle with a new enthusiasm for life. That's where you're going to know how to be on course. Wayne Dyer, oh, I miss that guy. Wayne writes, your inner beingness knows why you're here. But your ego prods you to chase after money, prestige, and sensory pleasures and miss the purpose of living. Practice being what you are at your source. Go to your heart level, he writes, where intention and purpose fit together so perfectly that you achieve the epiphany of simply knowing this is it. This is it. Yeah. A reunion with that spark in our heart. And you know, what I've experienced in my own life is that as, as you become acquainted with that spark, you got to return to it and keep the flame going. Now, the spark is indestructible. It's indestructible. And yet it can be covered over, it can be neglected, it can be mistaken uh, and obscured, and yet it's always there to be fanned into a flame. And I've seen so many times in my life where I was acquainted with the spark, but then sort of wandered away from it and then came back and fanned it into a flame. I remember... When I was six years old and I had that, that initial connection with the spark in me, and, uh, and I've written about it, that I, I was laying on our lawn and I looked up at the sky and all of a sudden, I didn't know what was happening at that age, but I became the sky. I became the light. I became the clouds and the birds. Uh, I, I was no more in that self-awareness phase. I thought I had died. Uh, and, and then when I was uh, moved back into my sense of self... I, I was full of energy. I had to grasp onto the, the grass. Uh, and, and I was frightened by it, actually. Uh, I felt like something had been downloaded into me, but I was frightened and I hid it away. And sometimes we do that. We, we don't understand this spark within us and uh, it gets hidden away. But then I was able to fan it into a flame when finally, uh, a year or so later, I just asked my parents if I could go to church and they weren't churchgoers. At the time, and I'm sure they were wondering what's up with that, but they said, Yeah, walk to any of the churches around you. And as I went into those spiritual atmosphere, even though I didn't understand what they were saying, still that fanned that spark that I'd experienced several years ago. And I just continued in that kind of a thing. But then, after a while, I had to realize that I'd let the spark 
be ignored and neglected again. I, I was in confirmation classes. And for a long time, I was feeling like what was being taught in the traditional church did not align or agree at all with what seemed inherent within me, what I sensed about a God that loves everybody unconditionally, about a, a God that loves life, a God that's fully present, not in the history, but fully present in the hearts and minds and beings of every one of us, a God that loves all people, all nations, all of life, a God that is eternal, a God that, that inspires us to be all that we can be because that's letting God be God more and more within us. And, and what I was being taught did not jive with that. But I fanned the flame when I decided to, to ask too many questions and, and then get kicked out uh, of a church. Yeah, I have that on my resume. Um, and I'm proud of it. Because of the flame. <laughs> the flame. Even though I was stepping into the void, yeah, I was leaving what everybody said was the way it is. I couldn't go there. And somehow that flame said to me or gave me that inner sense of assurance. But you got to be true to it. You know, you got to be true to the spark, true to the flame. Oh, and then how that flame was ignited to a blazing glory when um, I discovered this teaching. We were meeting over in the Lake Ridge Theater, uh, filling it up with people. Didn't have any of this property. Dr. Fred Vogt was the minister there. And I went in and finally, what I inherently knew connected with a perennial teaching that, that draws from the mysticism and the truth of the ages in all faiths. And, and, and all of a sudden, my heart was aglow. And I, and I just fell in love with that. And I could see how that spark was leading me to that. And yet, after a while, you know, I neglected it a little bit, and I found myself going to the University of Denver, and I had completed a major in psychology because I thought that that's what I would want to do. Sometimes when we don't tend to the spark, we take pragmatic or expedient measures and choices, and we just do what we think seems to fit. That seems like a good idea. may not be our spark, but it's a good idea. And there I was, I'd completed that major, and, and I felt the hollowness of thinking, am I really going to do that? Am I really going to do that? Ah, but then the spark was fanned into a flame when I decided to start another major in religion. And then studying that, oh, I was ablaze again with that. I, and and I just loving that and loving that. And even going into ministerial training. And then... I had to protect that spark and keep it aglow in me when a whole lot of pragmatic voices around me said, why don't you get a real career instead of going into the ministry? And, but you know, one way or another, and there were a lot of supportive voices around me, I stayed true to that spark. And you know, all through the many years, the 40 plus years of doing this wonderful work, there have been times though when I've been discouraged and I haven't always known what to do and uh, and I've had to go back to the spark. And sure enough, if I can just fan that into a flame and remember what I'm about and let it tell me what to do and how to proceed, things evolve. And I find my way. And you know, I find myself at the place of joining you during this adventure in faith in returning to that spark again and fanning it into a blaze because, you know, there's so much going on in our world. It's a challenging time. And there's a part of me that said, I have no idea how to support myself and others in this time. But that means I've got to go to that spark. 
And, and change is accelerating incredibly in our society. And it's happening in the world of spiritual work and churches and community, spiritual communities. And I'm challenged to not only study what's going on, but more than anything, go back to that flame and let it guide me into how we can continue to unfold this incredible magic of Mile High with these wonderful teachings in a time and a day where I feel they're needed more than ever before and how we can get them into the hearts and lives of our children so that they're not puppets to ideologues but instead we keep the literacy of the heart alive in our culture. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting humbly before this spark and fanning it because I know it can help me. And of course, part of what it told me to do is along with uh, my buds, Patty and Barry and Raz, get some young folk in here, like Dr. Michelle and, and uh, Reverend Josh, and together we'll proceed as we go forward. So all of us on the ministerial team and our practitioners, we're with you in fanning the spark so that we really know how best to go forward in our lives. There's a spark in you. And I tell you what, you may think that what you want is more success and more money or more direction or whatever the case may be. I say that down below that, what you yearn for is to be in the presence of that spark and to feel its energy welling up within you. It's warming you, strengthening you, supporting you. And that's what I invite us to do in this week as we go forward. We've got a lot of resources for you. Uh, we've got a card that you've been given um, with uh, some... Uh, questions for you to delve into, and also an affirmation on it. I invite you to make sure you got one if you didn't get one coming in. And then, as it says on the back, we're we're giving out uh, some stones. You know, the energy of spirit pervades all of creation, and certain stones have for ages been known to have certain properties and energies that they evoke. And uh, so, we're going to give you a little baggie to collect your weekly stones in, with a little card about those. And then, the first stone is adventurine. Um, Assisting with hope and joy and optimism and releasing attachments to the past and embracing change, growth, and renewal. We thought that'd be a perfect stone to have on your altar, to place in your hand. When you're doing what I would first recommend that you do, the first step, and that's commune with the essential spark in your heart. Yeah, perhaps that stone will assist you in communing with that essential spark in your heart. Adventure in faith is always a time to kind of hit the pause button a little bit in our lives, slow down, and take stock. And as you know that there's this spark of guidance and energy and love within you, what better time than to be still a lot and just be in your heart? Now, I know that a lot of us have been trained to use the intellectual mind to try to figure things out, and that's what I'd encourage you to put in neutral. And rather than thinking you've got to figure anything out, just be in your heart. That spark at some point, as you're in its energy, will reveal whatever needs to be revealed when it's right for it to be revealed. That's what I found out. And you'll know what you need to know. But have some quiet time and go into your heart and just reconnect with that basic you, that spark of divine life energy at your center. Had an individual share their profound experience of this. He had attended one of our earliest meditation and prayer retreats and sometimes when you just get still, inner revelation, whatever you really need to know can come forth and it did for this man in the form of a memory. 
Um, but bef- as he was sharing this, he said, now, before I share the memory, I got to tell you that bef- as I've come to this retreat, I've been fighting depression. And even though my career, and I'm an executive, is very successful and very prosperous, everything else seems to be falling apart. And it seems like I'm sabotaging every area of my life, including my marriage. But in one of our sessions, I had a memory. It was of my beloved grandfather. He gave me a gift that was cherished by him. He had been given this incredible paint set in a beautiful aluminum brushed box with hinges and latches and in it were exquisite oil paints and pastels and beautiful brushes and knives and a palette, the whole works. And my grandfather gave it to me. And I loved this gift because I loved him. And so I decided to explore painting and I found in my early teens that I loved to paint. And I found myself spending hours and hours painting and just loving it. But then... As I grew older, my brother began to tease me. And then other kids found out about it, and they began to tease me about it. And then a little while later, my dad lost his job, and in a fit of frustration and anger, my mom and dad yelled at me and said, why didn't I get a part-time job to help out the family rather than wasting all this time painting? And I thought of all the pain that was coming to me because of painting. And so I took that set, and I dug a hole by, by the side of my garage there, and I buried that paint set and went on to go do what I felt everybody wanted me to do in my life and I've become very successful at it he said but I've had this memory and I got to do something about it well I've got to tell you that I didn't hear from that guy for a long time I think almost a year finally I got a letter from him I got a letter and he said that he had gone to the family home that they still owned and he had dug up that paint set And though it was really corroded and some of it ruined, to him it was a sacred symbol. And it inspired him to take painting classes and art classes. And he even learned sculpting and pottery. And then he did the unthinkable, he put in this letter. He sold his share in the business, quit, and moved his family to Sedona, Arizona. He rented a small storefront in uh, one of the main drags there and started selling his own and others' art. An amazing thing. And he said in his letter, Dr. Roger, the depression I talked to you about has dissolved entirely, and I'm happier than I can ever remember. I've made lots of acquaintances here in Sedona, and the store is doing real well. More than anything, I find unbelievable fulfillment in creating my own art. What I now know beyond a shadow of a doubt is that we must never bury our dreams and abilities No matter what happens, no matter what anyone says, they are sacred to our spirit and essential to our happiness. Have you buried anything that a part of you longs to recover? Something sacred? Yeah. Commune with that spark, that essential spark in your heart. And the second thing I encourage you to consider this this week is to allow what matters most to lead. Because we get pulled by a whole lot of things. People say, you ought to go this way, and we think we've got to be consistent with what we've always said and always done. I love what Emerson said. He said, consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds. And he said, if you, if you don't believe something today that you said yesterday, speak what you know today. And I would say, if, 
if you're called to be about something different than yes, your yesterdays, be about that today. As you go to your heart during this adventure in faith, just rather than trying to figure things out, be present to what matters most to you. And really what you'll be present to are your values. Those, those intrinsic, inherent values in you that are just woven into you. The things and the, and the ways of being and the aspects of life that matter most to you. And just hang out with those as you hang out with that spark in your heart. Again, not trying to figure things out. But let what matters to you most guide you. In my book, This Life is Joy, I tell about a member of our church who had always wanted to uh, follow in his, uh, his male ancestor's path of being in the military. And he had physical problems that in his youth, and he worked hard to overcome them. He went to West Point. He graduated West Point. Uh, he even went to Vietnam for a short time to set up some Army Ranger training because he, he became an Army Ranger and paratrooper. But then he was assigned to a base in Hawaii, and some buddies in him were going to go to a movie called The Longest Day, which is about the D-Day invasion in World War II. And when they were all buying tickets, he found he couldn't buy a ticket. And he told them all to just go in and enjoy the movie. And he sat out on the curb. And all of a sudden, the flame of the spark grew powerful in him. And he realized that though he blessed his comrades in their high service in our military, that that wasn't his path. That he'd, he'd followed what his ancestors said he ought to do in, in loving allegiance, but it wasn't his path. And he couldn't do it anymore. So over the next several years, he found the ability to leave his commission. And then he grieved it because he was in the void of not knowing what to do, and I could relate to that. But then finally he went to work with IBM, and he learned all the business consulting skills he now uses. And the very day he was hired, another lady was hired who introduced him to the Course in Miracles and the Seth books. And then he eventually got into our teaching in a very serendipitous connection. And he's enjoyed an incredible life of consulting blended with deep, wonderful spiritual work. All because, finally, what really mattered to him was given a voice. Maybe that's why you came to Adventure in Faith. is to go to your heart and allow what really matters to lead you. And as you do all of that, decide that, and this is the third thing, to bear in mind this week. Decide that you're going to kindle your future from your future. See, a lot of people kindle their future plans from their past. Caught up in their past beliefs, caught up in their past conclusions, their past ways, caught up in what currently isn't working, and their vision is just to put a Band-Aid on that. And so what they do is they create a future that is really just an extension of the past. When a vision takes you over, perhaps sometime during these six weeks, I invite you to kindle your future from the future, which means kindle a future you don't even know about right now. Clear the space for something bigger than you even know. But I promise you, the spark in your heart will guide you. If you just fan that into a flame, then you can boldly leap into the vast possibilities that are available to you. I'm going to close with this illustration that I have cherished for many years about wonderful lady, her pictures on the screen, Mary McLeod Bethune. She was one of 17 children born to parents who were former slaves. Uh, and she, at eight years old, made a radical declaration to anybody who would listen to her. I'm going to learn to read. 
And every time she picked up a book, people would tell her, put that book down. You're never going to learn to read. None of us know how to read. But she just had a sense of determination. And while she was out in the fields picking cotton, she would affirm, even though she didn't know of the technology she was using, she would affirm, I am learning to read. And then, as life would have it, a teacher happened to be, an itinerant teacher came through their area and said, you know, there's a school distance away. Why don't you let Mary go to that school? The parents reluctantly agreed, and she walked five miles each way to go to school. And then when she was home, she'd try to teach her brothers and sisters what she had learned. Well, she began to really soak it up. Some scholarships came her way. She was even able not only to graduate high school, but go to college. Then she started teaching... And then at some point she decided to start her own school with just five girls and she funded it by selling sweet potato pies. That school eventually became Bethune-Cookman College, a tremendous college, and she started it. And as you go through the archways into that college, it says, enter to learn. Then when you're coming out, on the other side of that archway, it says, depart to serve. What a vision, what a willingness to make herself available to a future that not only did she not fully know, but everybody around would have denied. That's why this is an adventure in faith, that the divine has something great in its perfect mind for you. And it's a seed already planted, a spark within. It's indestructible. It's alive and well and waiting you to visit the hearth of your heart and fan it into a flame and be warmed and strengthened and encouraged Be reunited with what matters to you so that something magnificent can continue to emerge in your precious, beautiful, and quite powerful life. Let's soar together in this adventure in faith, okay? And so it is.